And we are back with episode 49. This is Jared Sampson. I'm Steve Bardo. And we would like to welcome you back to the ever non-consistent recording of Something Gate. Yeah, but we're consistent in our inconsistency. (laughs) That is also true. So, Steve, how you doing this week, buddy? I'm all right. That's good. This is uh, what we like to call our gorilla-type mobile podcast that we do. Uh, by the way, this right lane is going to be closed up here, so you might want to scoot on over. Steve, it's been a good day so far, hasn't it? It has been a great day so far. We are recording live on the way to the Chicago White Sox game the night of Friday the 7th in 2017, playing the Minnesota Twins. Steve hit me up and decided that would be a cool idea to uh, get tickets either Friday night or Saturday night. And it uh, worked out just really good because there was no chance of rain tonight. Yes. Which, <coughs> which, if you've been following along with the Chicago weather, it has rained every day for about 11 days straight. For about ever. <laughs> it's been awful. But it kind of worked out really nice. Uh, today, I actually didn't have to work. I went into work in the morning a little bit. I slept in, went into work for a couple hours, got some of my paperwork done, and then left, met you and Claire for lunch. That was delicious. And we get done with lunch, and lo and behold, we're up in the promenade in Bolingbrook, and right around the corner happens to be IPIC Theater. So I was like, hey, let me see what's going on at IPIC today. And no less than 15 minutes later, we had a couple options for movies. We had one option of Life and Ghost in a Shell. Steve, what, what were your expectations for Ghost in a Shell? Um... I didn't really have any expectations going in. I know the premise. I've seen the anime years and years and years ago. Did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. It was on uh, VHS when I saw it, and I saw it um, immediately after seeing The Matrix. Okay. And um, you know, that's a hard watch if you've seen The Matrix already, right? But uh, the thing to keep in mind is Ghost in the Shell came out way before the Wachowski brothers wrote The Matrix, so you can definitely see a lot of uh, influence. Influence, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I love me some some ScarJo, but uh, I wasn't thrilled. It's not something that I would spend theater money on. Like, fair enough. It's a it's a Netflix watch for me. For, or you know, I've I've been doing a lot of streaming rentals through my PlayStation lately. Oh, nice. That's a cool idea. So that's how I uh, went through the entire Harry Potter series in about four days. Nice, nice. For me, it was one of those to where if one of my friends wanted to see it, I'd go see it because. I'm not going to take the time to go see it by myself. I don't, I'm not that, like, I don't have that big of a nerd boner for it. Right. I wanted to see it. Like, if it was Akira, I'm going by myself to go see it. <laughs> you know, if it was Neon Genesis Neon Genesis Evangelion, I'm going to go see that. I like Ghost in a Shell. I don't love Ghost in a Shell. Right. I like it. But yeah. I want to see that version of it. So, if, like, so when we were talking, if that was when you were like, yeah, let's go see that. Cool. Awesome. Nailed it. So, we had another option, and like I said, it was life. And Steve, what was your thought process before this even came up of us being able to go see the movie? Was life that one that was on your radar? I wanted to go see life uh, in the theaters. Um, I love going to see sci-fi in the theater. Um, there's just a different feel to it when you've got the big screen and the surround sound that you just don't get when you're you know on your couch watching it at home. I agree. So, I mean, there's like, something about like... Trying to recreate that theater experience for Alien, for instance. Right. Lights off, just you and a buddy, or just you by yourself. That movie is scary as shit. Oh, fuck you yeah. Know, it'll, it'll creep right up your neck. And that's what I was hoping to see with Life. So when I looked up... So we decided to go see Life, because it wasn't a, like, a big deal for Steve to go see Ghost in a Shell. I wasn't that big on having to go see it. So 
we went to go see Life, and I pulled up the app for iPick, even though Jonah doesn't like iPick right now because they won't take his gift cards for food and drink. Womp womp. <laughs> I looked at it, and we would we would have been the only two people in the theater. So when that was the case, I'm like, I'm absolutely going to go see this movie with my buddy in the theater because we can talk <laughs> the entire time. Because as we've previously established, I'm the funniest guy I know. My movie commentary is gold. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000 ain't got shit on us when we get... Especially if we don't like something. Oh, oh God. God. So we go to IPIC. Um, fantastic. I go take a leak. Steve buys me a beer, which is fantastic. Thank you, sir. No problem. We go sit down and... I'm excited because it, right up to the movie, I was, I'm always worried somebody else is going to be in there. Yeah, and as, as evidence of, like, how excited I was to see this movie, like, I was expecting to be scared, and walking into the theater through our seats, there was some random girl standing just on the inside of the door and scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was, a, it was actually the chick that, behind the bar that gave me a drink later on. I think she was checking to see if anybody had snuck in. Ah, because it's pretty easy to tell whether or not somebody should be in the theater if you have zero <laughs> when, tickets sold. When you've sold two tickets. <laughs> right. So, we sit down there and the credits start to, I mean, the, uh, the, the previews start to roll and we're the only two people in there. That made me so happy because we got to lambaste the credits from beginning to end. We decided to play a drinking game during the movie. Steve, how, what was our drinking game? Oh, it's a classic sci-fi drinking game. Whenever somebody does something that you tell them not to do from the audience chair, that's when you take a so drink. Anytime somebody makes a poor decision, you take a drink. Yes. So, like, for example, if we were watching Prometheus, when they decide, oh, the oxygen looks good, let's take our helmets off on the strange alien world that we spent how many years getting to. Okay. That's where you would take a drink. Yep, because that is dumb. <laughs> so, we watch a, watch the previews, and there was a few previews that I liked. Um, I thought the one that really stuck with me was the one that was kind of like a uh, recreation of Bachelor Party, or, or <laughs> many of those other genres, to where it's got uh, Kate McKinnon's in it, you got the girl from Workaholics in it, Scar Joe's in it. That movie looks freaking hilarious to me. Yeah, what do you I don't, think? I, I couldn't pick up a real good tone from the trailer. Like, I was first watching it, and I was like, oh, do we really need all these actresses to make Scarlett Johansson look pretty and have a bachelorette party? She was hanging out with a bunch of her duffs, you know? Yeah. She was, like, definitely the, the, the prize of the group. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I couldn't really, you know, when they were going through it, and then all of a sudden, you know, spoiler alert, the stripper dies, and then I was like, whoa, there's a left turn. You can't really call it a spoiler alert if it's in a preview, right? Yeah. So we saw that one. That one looks kind of fun to me. Like, it's not one that I necessarily go to the movies to see unless Claire wanted to go see it. Then I'd be all over it. <laughs> but then we saw another preview. Do you remember the one that had uh, Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer? Yes. Uh, I think it's, what was the name of that? It was... Uh, Snatched. Snatched. What did you think of that from um, the preview? I... They, I, I mean, obviously, they're they're trying to uh, lampoon Taken and stuff like that. It had a bit more serious tone that oh, I don't I didn't think even it's think gonna, about the lampooning factor. Yeah, like, I didn't... It, it could be an homage or it could be a, a send-up to it. So I'll okay. have to wait and see if, which way they're going to go. It looked a little bit too serious to be um, 
mm-hmm. a straight send up of it. But right. you know, if it's Amy Schumer, I doubt she's going to try a, a movie like that to break into like serious drama or anything. Yeah, so, yeah especially Goldie Hawn. Exactly. I mean, Goldie Hawn's not not what you call a serious actress, right? And which is one of the things that actually I like Goldie Hawn for the most part. She looked like Skeletor, <laughs> but but generally I'm I'm a Goldie Hawn. I'm like okay, Goldie Hawn's in it. Cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that you know I'm not going to waiting in line to see in the theater again. But is this something some, you see on Netflix? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Is this something you watch by yourself on Netflix? No. Okay. But if it was like you, me, and Claire, would be like, oh, let's watch this. All right, absolutely. cool. All right. And then I think the crown jewel, the crown jewel yeah, of, the Subaru. of the previews was a movie that if I would have known it only by title, there is no way I would have seen this movie. Yeah, because the title leads you to think that it's like some WWE superstar trying to break into like the the action comedy genre. And it's, right. It's not going to be that. So the name of the movie is Baby Driver. Correct. And oh my god does it look fucking awesome. Yes. It's written by the guy that did Snatched and Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, Rock and Rolla, all those movies. Guy, uh, not Guy Ritchie. It's the um, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Sorry, yeah. So, um, so Edgar Wright has played a big role in all of those movies. He may not have all of the credits in those, but he's had a big role in those movies. This fits right in. Do you know what this looked like to me? It looked like the prequel of Transporter to me. Yeah, it definitely is uh, along those lines of a you know a wheelman, maybe maybe willing, maybe against his will, doing what he does best, driving. And man, as soon as I saw that WRX, I was sold. And that was was that is what was cool to me is that you're not having a person in Europe driving a BMW 745 driving all over the streets trying to get places. You know, or an Aston Martin or something. Right. You're in Europe. So what do you need? You need a a nimble, quick tuner car that can get you places because he's a driver for a uh, crime. Is it in Europe? I never never got Um, that impression. I I thought it. You know what? I I don't know. I just just naturally assumed it was. Because in in Europe, don't they have... They have right-hand drive in Europe, don't they? They do, yeah. So that's that's probably a miss... Wow, I just I just assume based on Edgar Wright's general. Yeah, no, it, it definitely had. Uh, what was that one with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Ed Norton? The, the Italian Job. I love that movie. All around. Yeah, it's definitely got that that action, you know, car chase feel to it. Yeah, it's closer and, to Italian Job than any of the other movies. Yeah, and you know, I you know, growing up in my family, I love me some car chase movies. I right. Mean, my dad and my brother are, are gearheads to the extreme, so I grew up watching Smokey and the Bandit, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I really dug uh, this preview. I'm going to see it. I don't know if I'm going to end up making it to the theater, because I think the only way I'm going to see it in a theater is if I see it with one of my buddies like you or Jeremy. Yeah, or, like, I won't I won't eye-pick that, but I'll go see that at, like, um, Louis Juliet Mall or something that's not quite as yeah. expensive as I pick. Right, right. And so that's what we got out of the credits of it um i always like it when you can enjoy the credits of a movie and for I the mean, record sorry, credits previews thank you yeah <laughs> previews because i mean credits are stupid anyway the coming attractions i've watched so many credits lately I, waiting for after credit scenes on things it's insane dude <laughs> yeah but i love it when uh like the visual effects department comes up and it's like three columns for like 10 minutes right it's like jesus <laughs> yes everybody i saw like like the accountant it's like like Special assistant to the director. Right, it's like, and then 
the accountants, other special assistants say, what? No, stop. Ryan Reynolds, Jizzrag Carriers. Right. I know a few ladies that'd be uh, happy to volunteer for that. Um, shit, I know you and Adam would be first in line. Absolutely. I'll slop that shit up. So, get down with the previews. And how excited were you for this movie to start? I I was I was into it. Like I said, I was I was firing on all cylinders, ready to go. I was very much anticipating seeing this, and I'm really glad I got to see it in the theater. I was really hoping for something to be the like I was hoping for this movie to be the equivalent of Alien, like or not not the equivalent of, but something in that genre, like like an exact send up or whatever you want to call it exact not remake but I wanted Alien again yeah I mean it was definitely influenced by uh, there's some strong ties to Alien there's obviously uh, some ties to 2001 Spider-Man a little bit (laughs) Um, you know just any like because my sci-fi vocabulary is so intense that I sometimes forget names of things. Sure. Even when they're directly referenced, but absolutely, you know, frame by frame, perfect execution of the sci-fi horror genre. Right, and that you was know, what was fun to me. And I'm and I'm glad that they didn't dick around. Like the the catch twenty two with sci-fi is that a lot of them are criticized for not having enough character development. And so they either do a ham-fisted attempt to get you to know and care about their characters, or they just skip it entirely and you don't care about them as they're going through the experience that they're going through. And I think this balanced it absolutely dead on. I agree. So if you had to give it a rating on a scale, not the Jared scale, but a scale of 0 to 10, with 50% being a C, so a 5 being a C, what would you rate this movie? 9.5. I'm going to go with a I'm I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go 9 in the genre. Okay. In the genre, I like I'm going to go 9 in the genre with in my opinion Alien being a 10. Okay. So if you give Alien a 10, I'm going to give this a 9 as an overall movie, just in general, I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. I think that anybody that likes movies would like this movie. I agree. We're not getting into like a whole spoiler type scenario on this, but uh, what was your favorite aspect of this movie? I think the atmosphere. I think they did a really good job of, you know, giving you the claustrophobic sense of the space station. Mm-hmm. And I think the score really helped heighten the tension. Sure. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, I think it was just—I think it was about as flawless as you can get, as far as execution goes. I don't disagree. The thing that uh, really worked for me in this movie was that you started off the movie in this weightless environment. They were showing right off the bat how weightless weightless is, and like all the cool yeah. things they did being weightless. About a third of the way, half the way into the movie, they stopped, like putting that aspect on everything and you just you felt like you were in the environment you right. know like they were sh- like I think it was a completely deliberate in the beginning of the movie showing you this is weightlessness this is whatever yeah. and I, I you know it's the it's the little touches of the of the set design in the production like everything was duct taped together there's tools floating around it's, yes you know you you without being told 
you get the sense that they've been up here and they've been doing this, which, you know, is a nod to Ridley Scott's Alien when, you know, they're dressed like truck drivers and, you know, they're good enough at their job that they can do what they want because there's nobody around to tell them not to. Right. I also thought they did a really good job showing the uh, atrophy of muscles in this. They, they touched on it a few times, but I think they did a really good job. I think there's probably some, like, leg models or, like, other... I think that it was, you know, leg doubles or body part doubles to show a little bit of the atrophy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool how they pulled that off to show, to answer some of the questions that, that you would ask without before you ask them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought they did a really good job of it. Yeah, they... Like I say, it's it's as close to flawless as I think you can get on a on a production. I have no complaint of like no. Uh, I have I have no reason to downgrade it, aside from the fact that it's just not Alien. Right. But I didn't want Alien again, you know. So yeah, so we already have Alien. Right. So, would you recommend this to somebody that isn't into sci-fi horror? It depends on why they're not into sci-fi horror. If they don't like the the scare or if they don't lately some people don't like like our like our sister Kate this would give her anxiety through the roof so oh I'm not going to be like yeah. no Kate you don't know this is not a movie for Kate but anybody who is not opposed to those things and just doesn't like you know if somebody thinks of sci-fi and thinks Star Wars or Star Trek and doesn't like it because they don't associate with those uh, archetypes of movies sure. then you can see this if you know, you've ever watched, you know, an indie high, uh, indie horror film like, uh, what is it, Apollo 18 or whatever oh, it is. Oh, I love that movie. Um, you know, it's it's stuff like that that's very focused on a small group of people, and it doesn't try, it's not preachy at all. They, no, this was, just, this was just a movie. It was straight up. It's fun to go to a movie and see a movie. Yes. You know? So one of the things that was brought up is this is a Sony production, and I am from what I what I've read or whatever the the director is also linked with the Venom movie that Sony announced. Yeah, that is greenlit for winter twenty eighteen. Right, which is insane which for is a movie. Be fast, and if you to to put that in perspective, you know, I think uh, Robert Rodriguez did Predators in like eight months. Yeah. So that, that had about no fast. special effects. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's with basically Fox just being like, hey, make this movie at your production studio. Right. And and going from there for Sony to say... And Predators was one so they didn't lose the license again. Yeah. Right? That was just like, hey, Robert Rodriguez, make gotta, a movie. Got to do this so that it doesn't go up for auction again. Yep. And, you know, for them to basically look at Deadpool and be like, R-rated superhero movie, go. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that has been discussed is that the director was interviewed and asked if this was a prequel to Venom. Well, the, the whole story of that is somebody caught in the second trailer that there was footage from Spider-Man 3. Oh, okay. That snuck its way into the trailer, part of the where the, the symbiote uh, grabs Peter when they're looking at it under a microscope okay. or something. The scene is from Spider-Man 3. Now, how that gets into a, a worldwide release trailer, I don't know. I don't, under, I don't know who handles that or how much influence the studio or the director has over the trailer. 
but people were like, hey, that's from Spider-Man 3. Hey, this story um, has a lot of tones that were similar to some of Venom's solo comic books, like um, they did a an arc called Shiver, where okay. they're studying the symbiote up in the Antarctic, and it's very much like um, The Thing. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's just... Uh, I've never read that. I oh, want, now I want to read that. Yeah, that sounds good. I think uh, I think it might even be in one of your collections. Oh, okay. So the um, story of this alien entity that they don't really know how to deal with and they're studying it and then all hell breaks loose uh-huh. is not a unique story, but one that is specific to the alien symbiote, at least as far as... Marvel comics go again. I'm kind of DC illiterate. I don't know if uh, sure something like that's happened in like Green Lantern or Martian Manhunters backgrounds or whatnot. Seems like it's possible, but ever since people saw that, they're like, "Hey, is this is this the prequel to that?" You know, not entirely serious about it. Just be like, "Hey, wink, wink." And the director was like, "I'm not gonna say no." I love that. I love that idea about it because, like, especially with with Sony greenlighting that Venom movie directly, like, right after this movie launched. Right. I think it's fantastic because, without giving anything away, I think from front to end, this movie could easily, easily be a prequel to that movie. I mean, you look at it and go, oh, that's a symbiote. Okay, You you don't do that. But... If somebody wanted to, like, in the beginning credits of the Venom movie, if you used some of the frames from the, you some could, of the last frames could, from this movie. You could tie them together with absolutely no problem 30 seconds they're linked. Like, you could tie this together easier than you can tie Prometheus to Alien. I agree. That's a great point. I agree with you on that. That is 100% accurate. So, I gotta say, I love the movie. I highly recommend it if you're a fan of the genre. If you're not a fan of the genre, you can probably wait until it comes out on DVD, Netflix, you know, your general local uh, mm-hmm. cable network. But uh, if you're a sci-fi horror fan, I would recommend seeing this in the theater because it was awesome. Yeah, or if you just if you like good movies and you're not opposed to the things that are traditionally sci-fi, then go see it in the theater. I think it's absolutely worth it. I agree. I think it's a fantastic uh, wrap-up of that. Uh, one of the movies that I also saw lately that uh, it was fun because I took... We had St. Joseph's Day at my in-law's house. Mm-hmm. So that is, that was last... I mean, the Sunday before last. We went and saw my uh, in-laws. And we went... And when we left, I was talking to Claire and I said, Hey, it'd be kind of fun to keep the kids up late. Let's go see a movie. So we went and saw uh, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick recommended that to us when last time we got together to do the RPG. He said, oh, it was really good. It was like actually pretty damn good movie. So I was pretty amped up to see that. And I went and saw it. It was awesome. Like, if you like the Power Rangers, because what I... Okay, here's the deal. What I really want to see is Voltron. What I really want to see is a live-action Voltron. I'm not going to get it. I understand that. So what's my next best thing? Power Rangers. You're going to tell me you're going to do a live-action Power Rangers movie? awesome and when I suggested to the kids that we go see them you know keep them up late before school night and everything and go see a movie and said hey do you guys want to go see Power Rangers when my daughter and my son both were like yeah let's go see it I was like (laughs) okay I imagine that would have gone over very well yeah 
it was fun. Um, it was extremely campy at times. It was extremely predictable for the entire part of the movie. But every note that you wanted them to hit, they hit. So for me, it was fantastic. Um, is it the best acting movie ever? No. Is there uh, some cinematic wonder that happens that you got to go see? No. Would I recommend this movie to somebody that doesn't like Power Rangers? Absolutely not. This is a completely genre-specific fun movie to go see. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Do you remember uh, a few episodes ago we had our Who Would Win in a Fight, Voltron or the Megazord? Yes. You know, uh, Death Battle's doing that next week. Are they really? Yeah. Oh. They just, uh, last week they did the preview of the, the Power Rangers team. This week they dropped the preview of the Voltron team. They're going old school, uh, first season, you know, 1980s Voltron with it. Oh, really? So it's going to be that team of, uh, you know, Keith and... Uh, Lance... Keith Lance, Allura, Hunk, Hunk and Pidge, Pidge. Cool. versus uh, the original five Power Rangers. Nice. The original American five Power Rangers, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, not Super Sentai. Okay. That's cool, man. That, oh, I can't. I want to watch it so yeah, bad. that's going to be great. It's cool that they're listening to our podcast and getting ideas I from I know. It. You're welcome. So have you seen anything else recently that you think is really good? Because I know you're like you're usually my Netflix guy. Like Stuff that I miss on Netflix, you're usually all over. Uh, for comic book fans, I highly recommend uh, Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Uh, once again, DC does great with their animated movies. I don't know why they can't figure out a live-action version because, you know, reasons. But <laughs> that was really good. Unfortunately, I've seen so much on Netflix that without my cue in front of me, I can't be like, oh my god, that's great. Right. And stuff like that. Um trying to think if I, um, I saw that they're doing a live action Death Note, so I started watching yeah, the animated that version looks of awesome. that. I've heard nothing but good things about the anime version of Death Note. Yeah, the anime version is good. I, I didn't realize it's as long as it is. I'm oh, like, it's huge. Yeah, I'm like 13 episodes in, and I didn't realize it's like 40 episodes, so yeah. I kind of dialed back on yeah, it's that. it's no joke. Alright, so since we're going to go see a baseball game, I figured, uh, Nick, Luke, and Jonah were going to do their baseball predictions and everything, and we might as well have our baseball podcast. Hi. So, what I've got in front of me is the uh, Baseball Prospectus Pagoda Charts. Okay. So, what I'd like to do is let's go um, go division by division. Okay. And see what you think per division, and if it kind of goes in line, and then we'll work our way to our pro- projections for the postseason. All right. Okay. <clears throat> so... American League East, they have the Boston Red Sox at 85 wins, Tampa Bay Rays at 83 wins, Toronto Blue Jays in third place with 79, the Yankees in fourth with 78, and the Baltimore Orioles in fifth with 73 wins. Do you think that the Boston Red Sox are going to end up winning that division? Uh, I think it's probably between them and the Blue Jays. I kind of agree with that. I, I don't I don't know why they have yeah, the Rays so high. Yeah, 80, 85 wins, though, that's... Are they they just expecting it to be a knife fight? They that projection makes that the worst league in baseball. It makes yeah. that the worst division in baseball, the AL East. The I think the reason that the Red Sox have that edge right now is because of Chris Sale. Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. That yeah, brings us to the uh, so. Do you see if you were just to give a projection out of the AL East, who do you who do you think would come out of the AL East? Um. It's going to depend. If, if Boston can stay healthy, they have the best team on paper. 
Um, I think Toronto's really riding a good high from last season. Yeah. I think they've made some good moves in the offseason. And I think they've gotten stronger as far as their weaknesses are concerned, where I don't, aside from Chris Sale, I, I don't know what Boston did to themselves over the postseason. Right. I, I agree with you on that. I don't see any reason to discount the Red Sox. So I think I'm going I'm to write, I'm going to agree with them okay. on this. So AL Central, we have the Cleveland Indians with 90 wins, Detroit Tigers with 78. So that is a 12 that is a 12 win difference wow. between first and second. So Cleveland Indians, Detroit Tigers, the Twins at 77, the Sox, beloved Sox at 74, and Kansas City Royals, World Series winners not that long ago, yeah, with 71 wins. We're kind of familiar with that territory, aren't we? Where you had yeah. a really kick-ass team for a really brief period of time, and then you went to shit. Well, so yeah, I don't think they, I don't think the White Sox really went to shit. I just think that they never fired on all cylinders the way they did in 05. Right. Well, it's obvious. So, what do you think about this ranking? I mean, Indians in first place, Detroit Tigers, twelve wins behind them. Yeah, I I think the Twins are probably going to eclipse the Tigers this year. I just, really, yeah, I don't think the the simple fact is, is that the Tigers have been riding Verlander for a long time. And okay, he is, he is the consummate ace, but he is the whole cornerstone of their pitching staff. And if anything happens to him or if he can't consistently give you six, seven innings, your bullpen is trash. Fair enough. And that, as we saw last year, even the White Sox had a great bullpen until they, you know, only got one day off for the first two months of the season. And as soon as that goes, it don't matter how hard you can hit because if you don't have anybody who can catch it and if you don't have anybody who can keep the other team off the bases – you're not going to do that well. I agree. So do you see the Indians in first place? I do. I think they definitely have the strongest team. You know, barring some phenomenal chemistry on the Royals or the White Sox or somebody who plays them a lot mm-hmm. to basically be a spoiler, there's not much going to stop them. I agree. I, I see no reason why they shouldn't repeat as, you know, World Series contenders. I'm not saying they're going to get there. I'm saying they're like as a legit threat in the postseason. Yeah. So I'm going to make a bold prediction just because of the way that baseball is. And uh, I love the fact that the White Sox picked the lane. Like we yeah. were talking about that earlier. I'm glad that they decided to get to, to, to trade people away. And I made a promise to myself that if they actually picked a lane this year, whether it be go wholesale to just buy everybody that's awesome and like get good free agents here and go whole hog trying to win, mm-hmm. great. If they're gonna, you know, blow it up and put you, trash on the field, use that mortgage money, right? From guaranteed rate. Oh god, that's nice <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah, the great park. Um, so I'm actually going to predict that. Well, first off, as I was saying, is that. I promised myself that if they picked a lane, I was going to go to more White Sox games this year than I did last year mm-hmm. to, to put my money where my mouth was and, and give my team some money. So this is the first game of the year. It's the first time I've been to an opening week of baseball yeah. ever. I, I've, I wanted to go to opening day. It was kind of hairy this week with all the water anyway. <laughs> so I'm just glad it worked out for us. So this is my first step to, uh, to fulfilling that debt to myself. 
But I honestly believe that the White Sox are going to catch fire somehow, some way, and screw themselves out of a really good draft pick <laughs> and end up second in the division. Uh, I think that's certainly interesting. I think they have the potential to get to 500 if they play as aggressively as they've played. You know, we're only two games in, but they played really well yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was I was very happy with them, you know, just just showing life. You know, I hate it when, you know, the, the team is just sitting back in the dugout while people are batting. You know, these guys are on the railings. They're applauding. They're cheering each other on. Yep. You know, they're, they're taking that extra step away from the bag. They're getting those good jumps. You know, they, they scored their second run yesterday on a squeeze play. Right. I mean, yeah, it was because the, the throw to home was not great, but, hey, you forced them to make a move. Right. And, Absolutely. And the more you do that, the better you're going to work out in the end. I agree, man. So that, that's my upset pick is I, I see I don't see them getting a wild card, but I see them upsetting the division and actually sliding in higher than yeah, than and you know they could they could really spoil the the Indians. Yeah, I mean the, the most games you have are between your own division, right? Mm-hmm. So the West, Houston Astros in first place with ninety one wins, Seattle Mariners eighty three. So it's an eight run that's an eight win difference. Texas Rangers, 82 wins. Los Angeles Angels, 75, which is a step down from the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then Oakland A's in the bottom of the division with 74. So basically you have the Astros better than everybody else, Seattle and Texas right there with each other, and then L.A. and Oakland right there with each other. What do you see out of that division in the West? Um, sounds pretty legit. Um I always tend to think the West is better than they are because every time we take a road trip to the West Coast, we get our asses handed to us. Yep. So that's my judgment on that. So it's just like the West is always like the boogeyman to the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So I I really don't have uh, an unbiased view of that region. So if that's what they're saying, I would probably have to stick with that. I didn't realize that the... Uh, Houston Astros stepped up in that way to be considered first in their division. Oh, they are a dominant team in that division right yeah. now. So we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping it works out for them because I'd love to trade Quintana to the Houston Astros for some of their players. Nice. Um, I agree with this uh, for two reasons. One, I believe that the Astros are the best team in that division. And I believe with the Seattle Mariners being touted as the number two team in that division, I agree with that solely on the fact that Luke has them winning the division. So listening to what Luke said, um, I tend to believe in Luke's research and what he feels about baseball. No, he's a baseball fan. Right. So he, I I feel that he speaks from a uh, position of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I have no reason to disagree with the fact that the Mariners should be second and be contending for first place in that division. All right. So the, uh, the league we don't care about. Let's go on to the National League. So National League, we have uh, National League East. We got the New York Mets in first place with 86 wins. Washington Nationals tied at 86 wins. Um, but it looks like the tiebreaker goes to the Mets, according to Pakoda. Miami Marlins behind them with uh, nine wins less at 77. Atlanta Braves at 75 and the Phillies at 71. So you have... The Mets and Nationals right here, and then the other three teams in the division, well below them. 
Do you have an opinion on that? Um, yeah, I would probably give the edge to the Mets. Okay. Uh, they had a really, really strong team. But the um, Nationals have Adam Eaton. I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> um, you know, I had um, I had picked the Mets to upset the Cubs last year in the playoffs. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, I, I thought they had a really strong team for a National League team. Sure. And I thought they have... Um, I think the Mets probably have a deeper team than anybody else they have in a, that They league. have a lightning in a bottle type of pitching staff. Yeah. And if they if they click, they there is no team that's going to beat them if there's somebody if that whole staff is clicking. Yeah. So yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree with uh, with those rankings. It seems like they're not they don't have anybody running away with it. Right. I agree. So. I don't see anything wrong with this setup because it's got the Mets and Nationals right there. And personally, <clears throat> I've kind of liked the Nationals for a while as a National League team. You know, not to hate on my uh, on my Chicago brethren and want the Cubs to lose or anything, but I, I've always kind of dug the Nationals. And so in this scenario, I think they have a better overall team. But just that pitching of the Mets is ridiculous, and it's hard to hard to bet against that. Yeah, big time. Good pitching will defeat good pitching. <clears throat> yep, all day, every day. Prove that in the World Series. So, um, I see no other reason to argue with what they've got on here for that. No, I'm gonna let's move on to the uh, National League Central. All right. National League Central has the Chicago Cubs at 91 wins in first place. Pittsburgh Pirates, 12 wins behind them at 79. Brewers behind the Pirates, Cardinals behind the Brewers, and Reds behind the Cardinals. The uh, Between the Pirates and the Reds, it's all kind of mishmashed right there sure. in the 70s. What do you think? You think the Cubs are uh, are legit number one seed in that central? Um, yeah, I do, actually. They have a strong, deep team, and they have all the pieces necessary to dominate their division. Uh, will they? You know, that's that's one of the games of baseball. So you got to play them, right? You know? yeah, that might look like that on paper. That's but that's why we play the game. Exactly. Right. Um, I'm I'm surprised they have the. I would probably put the Cardinals above the Pirates, but that's just because I agree with you I'm, on that. It's, I'm so like instinctually like programmed to hate on the Pirates that it's oh, hard. Oh really? To, yeah. Why is that? I don't. They just always sucked. It's like. You know, when, you stay down there. Yeah, it's you know. I remember a conversation specifically I had with someone, and they were arguing Cubs and Sox records, and I was like, "Yeah, the Sox would you know have a great record too if we played the Pirates sixty games a year." You know? Right. It's just you know they're they've always been the punching bag of that division, so it's hard for me to be like they're in second place now. Right. So you let know, me they, ask you: They could absolutely deserve it. I I don't know, so I would. Uh, you know, shout out to my uh, family in Missouri and say go cards in that respect. Nice. So let me ask you the uh, the million dollar question: Do you believe that the Chicago Cubs are the best team in baseball, or or the the not not like the best team because it's hard to say that you know with your with our allegiances and everything. But do you feel that they are the they're the best team in baseball? I mean, um, like, you know I mean, what I mean? They're they're a strong team. There is no doubt about that. There you go. Um, strongest good, team in yeah, baseball. Yeah, good, good, better, best is going to be how 
you know the ball bounces and how your pitcher's arm recovers. And, sure. You know, so, how so your do you think outfield? Because I, I, th- I think strength is more on paper, and best is how you execute. Do you think that on paper they are the strongest team in baseball? Um, them in Cleveland, yeah. Yeah. Do you believe if you if you had to make a bet right now and you got four to one odds? So if you bet twenty five bucks, you're getting a hundred bucks back. Would you put a twenty five dollar bet or a hundred dollar bet on Cubs? Indians repeat for the World Series? Uh, my principles would not allow for that. <laughs> um, you know, the the fact that they look that way on paper is one thing. Right. It's very hard to repeat championships in this In baseball, era it, baseball, it's just fucking um, hard. I was at the wine bar with uh, Nick a couple weeks ago and we looked it up. The last team to repeat New was, York the, Yankees. was the 99-2000 Yankees. 99-2000-2001 Yankees? No, it was 98-99-2000 Yankees. Oh, it was, so those three. I thought it was 99-2000-2001. No, 98-99-2000. No, oh, okay. So that's, you know... That's 17 years that it's been a different team every year. So, right. and I mean, look at look at hockey. The Blackhawks are a playoff team, and they can't go back to back. Right. So, except for when they did. Shut up. <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> no, they didn't go back to back. I'm just joking. I know. All right. So uh, that brings us to the NL West. NL West has the Los Angeles Dodgers at 95 wins, technically making them what. Technically making them the best Fuck team by team. wins Not in a baseball. Chance. Fuck that Dodgers. San Francisco Giants, 85 wins. Diamondbacks, 76. Colorado Rockies, 75. And San Diego Padres at 69, making them the worst team in baseball, according to according to Pakota. Huh. So what do you think? LA Dodgers, number one team? Ugh. Everybody is high on them this year, dude. Have you been listening to radio at all? Like everybody is high on them. Yeah, what do you do? And I just don't care. Yeah, I. That's, I hate LA. It's my least favorite coast of my least favorite league. I, right, it's my <laughs> least favorite city of that coast. I mean, I have no problem with San Francisco. I have no problem with Portland. I have no problem with Seattle. Fuck LA. I hate the Lakers. I hate the Dodgers. Suck a dick, you know. But I, I think they're. I think they'll probably win the division. But I don't see them winning the division by ten games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you gotta play. You gotta play the Giants, dude. Ninety-five wins when you have the Cubs slated to win ninety-one. That's that's bull. And all that's saying is that the Cubs division is stronger than right. the NL West, but which is legitimate, but. I mean, I think the Rockies have more have enough thunder to really cause problems. Yeah, that the, the problem with the Rockies when you're when you're a team in the NL West is you have to go to Colorado. Yeah, and that is a dice roll of a game. I don't care who's pitching, who's playing. You, if somebody, if some guy, some scrub that was Every in routine fly ball, yeah, that, that some scrub that was in AAA comes up and he's going to knock a home run off of Clayton Kershaw. You know, I mean, it's I, just... I'm dying to see a Sox game at that state. That's one of the stadiums that I want to visit. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, you know, uh, Nick, was, uh, Nick was telling me he wants to, to see every ballpark um, in in the league. I'm, I want to see... Um, I want to go to Baltimore, and I want to go to Colorado. I've been to Miller Park, so I got that one checked off. Nice. Um, I should, When I was in New York last summer, uh, the White Sox were playing the Yankees while I was there. And I was so close to going. Oh, but yeah. I just didn't pull the trigger on it. 
and that's one of the one of the regrets I regrets that I have while I was out there is I didn't go. No regrets. No, no regrets. All right, so that puts us with the playoffs. So, do you agree the Dodgers are going to win the NL West? But eh, maybe not by that factor, but yeah, but you know that's like saying which turtle is going to win the race. <laughs> so. We'll go back to the American League. So if the if the season were to go the way the Pakota says it, you would have the Houston Astros, Cleveland Indians, and Boston Red Sox as the three division winners. Mm-hmm. Your wild cards would be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Seattle Mariners. Um, I would give. I would probably pick the Mariners as the wild card in that. If they don't win the division, I do think the wild card is going to come out of the West. Okay, so then that gives us the Boston Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, Houston Astros, and Seattle Mariners playing. So that puts the, uh, technically that would put the Mariners playing the Astros and the Indians playing the Red Sox. So who wins Indians-Red Sox? Um, I, I think that with Chris Sale's experience against the Indians... I think that gives Boston a distinct edge. I kind of agree with you. I think that's a nightmare scenario for the Indians. Yeah. I think you don't want to play. No, because, you know, they'll prob- uh, Boston will probably go to a four-man rotation for the playoffs. Yes, they will. And that means you're facing Chris Sale twice over a seven-game series, and you can't afford that. Luckily, that first round's only a five-game. Yeah. So, so that's the one chance I think Cleveland has, is if they can get to the other pitchers. That could be a good night game. Yeah. Who wins Astros Mariners? Um, I mean, it'd probably be a slugfest. I would, I would say Mariners. Okay, so we'll call that Mariners Red Sox. Who wins Mariners Red Sox? Uh, I kind of agree with you so far. So I have, I have no, I have no blatant. I would probably say Boston. Okay, so Red Sox are now going to the World Series. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So that gives us the American League side of things. So on the National League side, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers, Chicago Cubs, and New York Mets winning their respective divisions, and that puts the Washington Nationals and the San Francisco Giants as the wild card. Okay. So we've got Giants, Nationals as the wild card game. I, I would probably say the Nats. I agree with you. So that puts the Nationals against the Dodgers, as, according to Pakoda. Hmm. Nationals against the Dodgers for the, uh, for the divisional rounds. And the Mets versus Cubs. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it would shake out, but I would I would want the East Coast to win. I would also want the Nationals to win, but I don't think Clayton Kershaw is nasty, man. Yeah. He and I just I don't know if the Nationals have the firepower to do it. I mean they do, but man, I mean Yeah, I mean they're it, it's, they're, oh, man. they're they're predicting all the top all the top teams to be within four games of each other. And that is, I mean, based on this, that's 100% correct. Yeah. So, I mean. So you're going Nationals, I'm going Dodgers on this one? Yeah, I think it's a roll of the dice. I agree with you. I mean, like, I wouldn't, I could not bet money on this game. No. Um, Cubs and Mets. Well, that's the way that it came down last year, and I was wrong. Yep. So I might have to eat it and say that the Cubs can take it. I do think they're stronger than they were last year. And that's the problem is I think they're better than they were last year. Yeah. You get another year you get another year of experience underneath all these rookies that played last year. I mean, talk about catching lightning in a bottle last year, but now you walk into this year and they all have the confidence of it. Yeah. That's dangerous. The only way 
that the Mets win that series is if their pitching is lights out. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. if their pitching is firing, good God. Yeah, I good I, God. I agree with that. I mean, any of them can be beat, but it's it's just gonna come down to who has the better series. Gotcha. I'm I gotta go Cubs. Yeah. I, I've got to go Cubs. So that puts us with the uh, that puts us Cubs and Dodgers slash Nationals yep. for and, and the, the Cubs, championship. And the, and the Cubs can beat the snot out of either of those. I teams. agree with you. <laughs> That's the thing is, I think I think the Cubs' biggest challenge yeah. is if they have if to play the, the Mets in the first the, round. Yeah, if the Mets don't stop the Cubs, they There's, will be back at the show. Yep, I agree with you. So I don't care if it's L.A. or. Uh, the Nats, the Cubs are going to beat the shit out of that team. Yeah. Either one of them. Yeah. You know, L.A. may get the Clayton Kershaw game. They're not getting any other. That's it. All right, so that puts the Cubs and the Red Sox yeah. at the show. With, based on, now that we don't play that stupid, stupid all-star game yeah. for home field advantage, gives the Chicago Cubs home field advantage in the World Series. So, seven-game series, Cubs, Red Sox. Hey. How much does it hurt to say the truth? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the truth is is that at that elite level, it could, it could go either way. I agree. Like That would be just like Cubs Indians. It's going to go seven games, and it's going to go every inning of those seven games. I agree. Who do you have coming out on top in that scenario? Not me. <laughs> I don't see. See, the, the thing with the Cubs that makes them so dangerous, in my opinion, in an American League park, is that well, they they're, can, they're more dangerous as an American that's, League that's team than the they thing. are a National so League they, team. So the National League games, so you're already taking an American League team having to step, you know, change their lineup, how they've played all year on the National League level. And then when you go to the American League park, all you do is put in Kyle Schwarber at DH and... Game over. I think yeah, the Cubs beat them four to one. Um, I, I I think it would go. I think Boston would put up more of a fight than that. I think it goes seven games. But oh, really? You know, we'll we'll see how the actual season progresses. Because like I Who say, wins? you know, anything can go. Not me. <laughs> that means the Cubs. Like I say, it could go uh, either way. <laughs> All right, man. That was that was good. That was good. So. uh I don't. I think this has been a really fun podcast. I don't have a Florida story. I don't want to pull one up right now while we're uh, driving around. Oh, a uh, couple games we played lately. So Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Give me your. Uh, give me your reaction to it. What do you think? Man? Um, I think it's excellent. Um, Is it a thirty, sixty, or a renter? Oh, I I straight out bought it, and I will buy bonus content for it as soon as it becomes available. Nice. Um, I I like the fact that you know. When it, it, it's rated highly, but it's not rated perfectly, and I think any video game reviewer that gives a game a perfect score is either biased or dumb because nothing can be perfect. Right. Um, but the developers have actually listened to a lot of flaws. Okay. So, for example, one of my things was if you need to buy resources as opposed to going collecting them. Okay. You had to buy individual resources with individual presses of the button. Right. So if I needed. 100 spools of wire to make arrows, I had to buy 100 spools of wire by clicking that button 100 times. Oh, wow. And it got very tedious. And so a week later, a patch came out. Hey, now you push and hold the button and it spins faster and winds up 
basically spoiled. Oh, okay. And now you can purchase things in bulk much faster than oh, you okay, could previously. Cool. cool. And they came out with some balances, and they came out with uh, you know some some glitches and some uh, you know some of the uh, there was like a, a loop that you could get stuck in if you weren't careful. Like if you moved a certain way and got stuck in these rocks, you couldn't get back out and things like that. But I think it's a very well designed game. The graphics are superior. The story is good. The voice acting is excellent. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with the purchase. The thing that I thought was so amazing about that game is the graphics. I, I could not believe how beautiful that game oh, was. Oh, dude, wait until you wait until you fight a stormbird at night. It's that that game was just gorgeous. Absolutely, like yeah. you get immersed in that game because of how oh, pretty yeah. it is. Oh yeah, and you could just wander and like I wandered around for like two hours one day just looking at stuff you know just like I did with Warcraft when I learned how to fly yeah it's just you know somebody took a lot of time to pull that together and they pulled it off excellently yeah I hear you man the thing for me that's been a big big game for me that's taking a bunch of you know my free time as I've had it I haven't been able to play a lot but I've been dying for this game to come out as Mass Effect Andromeda mm-hmm. the only complaint I have about this game I love the game, okay? It, it's more Mass Effect. That's what I wanted. It's like they wrapped up that whole Mass Effect storyline with, with uh, Commander Shepard in Mass Effect 3 with a nice, pretty bow, and boom, done. Awesome. Love it. And you're not pulling on that game again. This game is a new chapter in the storyline. It doesn't have you pull your character from the last game. It's a new chapter, which is awesome. My only complaint about this game is that it's nowhere near as pretty as Horizon. Yeah. Like... After watching Horizon, I understand why people are bagging on this game for its graphics and its and its mocap animation for the, the dialogue and everything. Because uh-huh. I saw the dialogue and the mocap and everything, especially in that whole system where you can choose what you want to say, yep. done perfectly in Horizon. So that's my only complaint is that it's not as pretty as that game. Yeah, my, my only currently outstanding complaint with Horizon Zero Dawn is... I wish I could customize my controller settings okay. for the action buttons. Okay. And the only thing I would do is reverse the trigger buttons. Okay. Because to fire, you have to hold down L1 to bring up your aim, and then you draw your bow by pressing and holding L2. Okay. And if I could do that with um, L1 and R1 instead yeah. of L2 and R2, I, it, it would be dead space controls, and I would be murdering things left and right. Gotcha. Not that I don't anyway, but... Yeah, I guess there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to change your controls. That, that's right. kind of goofy. And, and I know that there's some, uh, you know, the buttons do multiple things if you're closer to an enemy, like sure. your silent strikes and things like that. I see no reason that can't be just hot mapped to whatever button that you, you press. Yeah, on. that's... But, yeah. You know, I'm ignorant as far as what it actually takes to make a control scheme. Right. I just know on Street Fighter, if I want this to be a heavy punch, I can make that a heavy punch. Right, and that's, that's one... One thing where I think the, uh, the Xbox is a little bit dominant, if you get the Xbox Elite controller, you can remap any of the buttons regardless of game. That's cool. So through the, just through the, the Xbox interface, you can, oh, I'm going to play Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going to load that play. I'm going to load that module. And, well, actually, I know you can't on Xbox. <laughs> I was going to say, there's only one problem with that, Jerry. But, yeah. But, if you, okay, so you're going to play Mass Effect. And you want to change the scheme up and they don't let you change it in the game. You can change it through the interface. Nice. Which is cool. I mean, the, the controller's expensive as hell, but it's actually got, you can 
uh, adjust the height and everything and they're oh, to cool. all the buttons on the controller and then remap them however you want through the interface. That's cool. Yeah, so it's more like a uh, regular, you know, computer controller than it is a video game controller. That, that's slick. That's really cool. It's nice. So, see, that's about all I got for this episode. What about you, man? I'm all right. Cool. So, uh, why don't you do some promotions? Well, make sure you listen to all the great shows on the Disease Network, including You're Gonna Get a Disease. Starring Luke, Nick, and Jonah. Um, that just happened. Starring Adam and Rodney. The Badge Dialogues. Starring Mama Claire and Auntie Nitro. Man, Woman, Movie. Starring the Holzes. Indeed. And all of our wonderful one-off shows uh, like Dosh Drunks and when we do Turbo Cup remotes and all that stuff. And make sure you support all of our artistically talented friends like SDK Artistry, the makeup stylings of summer. The uh, music of Chris Moran and uh, Dave Bowling. That is correct. Not that they are affiliated with each other. But they are both fantastic musicians, and they're a lot of fun to go listen to. So I highly suggest that. Yes, they are. And we'd also like to thank you all for listening to this episode again. We're going to have some special treats on episode 50, which is our uh, halfway to the centennial edition. And uh, Steve, why don't you, why don't you remind them, man? Uh, haters are going to hate. Alligators are going to alligate. Unless you shoot the canisters on their back, in which case they explode. This has been Something Gate. Good day, everybody. Good day.